I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this morning? Uh, we appreciate the Lord for everything. I forgot to tell Brother Philip, the family of Brother Mushabi, they are just uh, traveling. Amen. Quite a lot of people traveling, but we thank God. May God preserve them on the road. Amen. God bless you, Brother Andrew. I hope you travel very well to Zimbabwe. And pass our greetings to the elders at sites. Amen. Uh, Sister Melody just quickly had to go because she wasn't feeling well. But we are just going to commit her to prayer. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> How many believe that prayer heals? Amen. God so her heart desire to be in church. So therefore, we have to report the matter to the great physician. Let's bow heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning, as a church of the living God, we are coming in unity of faith. And dear God, reporting the matter of our sister, Melody, she wasn't feeling well, but somewhat she wanted to make it to the house of the Lord. Dear God, out of respect for such a sacrifice and determination and commitment, I remember when Brother Brennan prayed for Sister Mida when she had uh, a growth. He said, this woman has been my wife for many years. She has never even complained one time. Many a times I'm out in the meetings. When I come back, I'm out on hunting trips. Not even one time has she ever complained. She has been both mother and father to our children. And right there, the prophet of God said, on the basis of her character and conduct, he said, you are obligated to heal her. That's when you said to the prophet, you stand up and speak the word. And your prophet said, before the doctor's hand touches her, may you make her whole. Dear God, she was completely made whole. This morning, we still believe the same God of the same prophet. We still believe that the same God is not dead. Even this morning, we are presenting the case of our sister. May there be a divine intervention. Dear God, there has never been a time where we reported a matter to you that we have ever been disappointed. Every time, whenever we report matters to you in faith, you have been faithful, dear God. I know there are many believers in the building that have various needs as well. I'm committing every need to you, dear God. At this point in time, may you undertake for them and meet every need this morning. You are such a good God. And Lord, the devil would never change that. You are such a good God. During the easy times, you are a good God. During the bad times, you are a good God. It has never been a point in time where you have ever become a bad God. You have always been good God at all times. At this point in time, I am reporting for duty. May you be gracious. We will be pulling few scriptures and few quotations. As a human being, I labored in the study room. But dear God, we have realized it's not about the human element. Sometimes we need the supernatural element when it comes to the supernatural things. Be gracious this morning 
this service, it is yours. We commit it to you. It must be under your control for the glory of God. We appreciate everything, dear God. And Lord, dear God, even the believers that are traveling, we realize demons are on the roads, dear God, causing such carnage. But dear God, I'm glad that our angel is not just an angel, but he can be a driver as well. May you drive all the motor vehicles that your children are driving. May you guide them until they reach the destination safely. I'll commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Bless you. I think we are really baptizing young people. I think we are really baptizing young people. It is a good thing because the prophet says it is much easier to get them in before the age of 21. It says it is harder for a person to accept Christ after the age of 21. It is much easier before the age of 21. Are there people in the building? I hope your amens are not tired. Amen. Can I have an amen there? How many are going to help me preach? Amen. This must be a two-way process. I speak, you say amen. Uh, Brother Brenham was preaching and there was an old lady next to the pulpit and she kept on hollering, amen, amen, amen. After the church, one of the deacons went to the uh, brother Bram and said, wasn't that old woman disturbing you? Uh, amen. You know, some people are disturbed by amen. Brother Bram said, the reason I could not stop was because of that woman. Uh, amen. So I hope there will be a man or a woman that will say amen to the word of God. Amen. Brother Bram say amen means? Amen. So when you agree, if you phone somebody and they just go quiet for 30 minutes, you're going to think this is a broken line. Yeah. If you preach to a person, they don't say amen. It's a broken corner. Amen. amen. Let's not have a broken amen this morning. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Our convention is still on track. We'll be having the convention 19th of April until the 21st. The theme it is uh, consecration. And Brother Robert Dioka is coming down. Brother uh, Luke, uh, Lawrence Matassa is coming down. Very, very able ministers of the weight. Uh, and very suitable. Somebody, the other time I said, uh, we thank God for able ministers. Then somebody said, do we have disabled ministers? Yes. The moment we say somebody is able, that means somebody is disabled somewhere. Amen. A minister that does not preach what Brother Brenham preached is spiritually disabled. It doesn't qualify to address us. Uh, amen. I hope we are the church that not everybody qualifies to preach to us. We need to, because we are a prophetic class, 
we need a minister that operates within that prophetic class. Amen. Amen. Are we together? I think when you are a parent, you don't want every person to teach your children. Can somebody say amen to that? When you are a believer, you don't just want to be led by everybody. Um, There must be a supernatural confirmation. Uh, Amen. Now, we thank God, Brother Borero, Street in the Gap on Wednesday. God bless you richly, Brother Borero. I heard that it was a blessing indeed. Amen. Just a round of applause for them. Amen. Uh, when you are a leader, you appreciate that when you are not around, things must still run. If you are a kind of a leader, when you are not around, things fall apart and you say, it is not because, it's because I was not there. You are really a terrible leader. Uh, amen. So we appreciate the Lord for our brother for standing in the gap. Brother Mpanyana and Brother Sina are celebrating their birthday today. Amen. They are not getting old, they are getting younger. Uh, In the message, we don't get older, we get younger. Amen. You don't say amen seriously. We don't get older, we get younger. There is Sister Maria, many years, over eight years. She's not even using a walking stick. She works from Monday to Saturday. Monday to Saturday. Ah, oh, brothers, I see even young ones. Just... <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah, sometimes when we worship, it must not be like the hands of God arthritis. Let's step hands to the Almighty God. Amen. Can you do one more time? Uh, I'm not breaking the eyes. I'm just chasing out a demon of starchiness. I hate that demon. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Mark 20. Mark 11, rather. Mark 11. Verse 20. Mark 11, verse 20. If you found it, you can say amen. amen. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. When you go or backtrack somewhere, you find that this fig tree, Jesus had approached it thinking that he was going to find fruit, but yet it was not yet the season. Then when he did not find fruit, he cast it. When Jesus comes to you and does not find 
fruit, not fruits, fruit, which is Christ. Amen. Verse 21. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, Behold, the fig tree which thy castest is withered away. Jesus answered and saith, and answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. That's my message this morning. Have faith in God. Let's continue. For verily I say unto you, That whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those Things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. When ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Same verse 24, I need it in an amplified version because there is a, a profound statement from this. Help me read again. For this reason I'm telling you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, that means trust and be confident, that it is granted to you. Not it is going to be granted to you. It is granted to you. At the moment of request in prayer, right there it is granted to you. So that means you can ask for it in prayer and stand and, and, and pull out of prayer and raise your hand and say, Father, thank God I've, I have received it. But you have not received it. But you have received it. It's not a contradiction there. And you will get it. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1. I, I need us to bridge a gap between asking for something and rejoicing that you have received it while you have not received it. 
But the Bible says you have received it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. I have it, but I do not have it, but I have it. And what is the evidence? Faith. Do you get it? You can take your seats. Let me, I said I want to speak about have faith in God. That already you see we are going to speak about uh, faith. As Paul says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I believe this morning... Uh, you are or most of us we are in church this morning because we need certain things to be changed Uh, I don't know how many need things to be changed Uh, the danger part is that when we are in church somebody looks at somebody and says that lady does not need anything from the Lord and another one looks at that fella and says that one is sorted but if you understand life no one really gets sorted Amen there is always a challenge of some sort. Uh, some, some, it's like a young man that thinks that once you are married, everything is sorted. Uh, yes, there are some young people that think like that. And they realize later that it is not like that. Amen. Somebody just think that if I get married, uh, no more challenges. I'm a real believer. Uh, these challenges are going to come until you die. Amen. Amen. Mm, the Bible says, Faith cometh and cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. So that means without faith, without the weight, there would never be faith. And without the faith, there would never be testimonies. And without testimonies, the gospel is powerless. And a powerless gospel can never save anyone. A powerless gospel can never save anyone. Now, 
because of the times in which we are living in, uh, people get to be cranky. Cranky means, can I put it? It's a, it's somebody that finds everything to complain about. Like a young man, I'm told he had come from the service, uh, had visited a certain church and went back home, found his mother and said to the mother, uh, you know, I was tremendously blessed in church today. And the mother said, who preached? Then the young man mentioned the minister's name. The mother says, I know what he did. And from that time, it robbed that young man of the joy, the little joy that he got from the service. And we are beginning to see we, the number of cranky people is going up. People that find a problem to every solution. They can't see any possibility. Uh, they are just negative and no one is immune from being negative. Sometimes you are negative and you've got right reasons to justify for your negativity. Maybe it could be because of hate. But uh, the prophet uh, gives a warning. He says in the message, the law, he says, don't never let your testimony be negative. Let it be positive. All the time. Amen. Amen. Why? It's because the reason I'm starting with this quotation, you can never have faith when you've got a negative frame of mind. Remember we spoke about the right mental attitude. You can't have the right mental attitude when your frame of mind is negative. People that believe they've got bad luck, they create their own bad luck. And people that believe are blessed, they create their own blessings. Hallelujah. You know, there are some people that just wake up and say, tomorrow, today, things are not going to go right. And when things not go right, don't go right, they come around feeling vindicated. I said it, things are not going to go right. It's not because of anything. You created that bad day. I'll repeat, you created that bad day. Amen. Now, the scripture says, will the son of man find faith when he returns? That's the statement. Now, then it says, because of the wickedness in the end time, the love of many shall be cold. It's two statements. Will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? Because of the wickedness, in another statement, because of the wickedness, the love of many will be cold. Now, we find that Brother Branham says, you can never have faith without love. Hallelujah. Because of the wickedness of the time, the love of many will go cold. And that coldness produces a faithless 
society. Uh, hallelujah. Let me read this quotation. This is the message, fellowship. Brother Branham say, you can't have faith till you have love. That's just all there is to it. Perfect love casts out all fear. As long as you've got fear, you can't have faith. Now you understand why the devil wants to make us fearful. Because in a fearful state, we cannot have faith. Hallelujah. Uh, People are fearful. The Bible says men's hearts are failing. And Brother Brumman says it is because of fear in the end time. Men's hearts are failing. But it says as long as you got fear, you can have faith. So you got to you got to have love first. It drives all out fear. It drives all fear out. Then faith, faith comes in, takes the place of fear. Now, now you understand why the devil attacks the love among the believers. Because if love is not there, then fear reigns. And when fear reigns, then there is no faith. And the Bible says what's happening, uh, faith without works is? The devil loves dead faith. Hallelujah. And Brother Rum continues, says, the reason we become so indifferent towards God is because we are indifferent towards one another. And the Bible, uh, the elder John says, how can you love God that you don't know while you hate your brother? Amen. And he goes further, says, when you hate your brother, you are a murderer. Murder doesn't mean that there is a dead cop. Sometimes murder, it simply means that you have just hated your brother. And the reason you are beginning to see complexes, even in the church environment, those complexes are designed by Satan. And those complexes are there to make us to be indifferent towards one another. Are you still with me? But he says, when we get in one accord, then God comes down. Now, you see why the devil is against the unity of the brethren. Because when the brethren are united, are in one accord, then God comes down. But when we are indifferent to one another, then we become indifferent to God. Then we lead defeated lives. Are we together? Love your brother. Love your sister. Love your brother. Love your sister. Even if they are not perfect, love them. Oh, believers, what did Brother Bram say it will take to enter that land where he says it's a sublime land? Not miracles. He says, if you believe me to be God's prophet, only, only perfect love will enter that place. Hallelujah. And, and we, how many believe that love is beginning to dwindle in the end time? Love is becoming cold in the end time. But I'm saying, if you want to get somewhere with God, have that perfect love. Hallelujah. If you want God to come and do spectacular things in your life, have love. Hallelujah. But what takes away love is jealousy. 
and jealousy is a sign of immaturity. Hallelujah. You know, if God blesses your brother, it's an evidence that God is still in the blessing business. Hallelujah. And when you are a real believer, you say, God, continue to bless the brother. The more the blessings that flow into his life, will outflow into our lives. Are you here, sisters? Hallelujah. Jealousy is a sign of immaturity. Amen. And quite frankly, even in the ministry, the reason we've got chaos is because ministers uh, are jealousy of one another. They are, they are trying to out-preach one another. Hallelujah. Uh, but we are not here to out-preach one another. We are here to preach one another into the kingdom of God. Uh, amen. Now, in the message, Abraham's Grace Covenant, paragraph 1-4. Folks have got good quotations this morning. It's full of golden nuggets. If you need spiritual vitamins, I promise you it's loaded. A few people believe that. Amen. Paragraph 1-4. Brother Mim says, I love you. This is your prophet as an example. I love you just as much, no matter what you had ever do, no matter what you would ever do to me. That doesn't make me feel bad towards you. Then, if it does, then I am wrong too. Did you get the statement? Brahman say. I love you no matter what you would do to me. People love because somebody is doing them some good stuff. That is not love. Even an unbeliever can possess that. But a real believer is when somebody does not love you and mistreats you and you love them. Uh, Hallelujah. He says, that doesn't make me feel bad towards you. If it does, then I am wrong too. So if somebody, if somebody, if somebody throws a mat at you, and you as well pick up the mat to throw them back at them, actually what is happening? Both of you have got mat on your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you say, somebody, he threw the mud at me, we say, let us look at the hands. And we found mud on both hands. Then we realize that you are in the same category. Brother Branham says, if somebody speaks bad about you and you speak bad about them, he says, then it's your business. God is not going to be involved. But he says, if they speak bad about you, keep quiet. Then you are inviting God onto the scene. But the problem today, we want to talk back because we want to sort them out. Sometimes silence is the best treatment. Uh, hallelujah. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Uh, why, why I'm reading this quotation, I'm trying to establish the fact that you can never have faith without love. Uh, hallelujah. Now, somebody would ask, why do we need faith? You need faith because you are going to be put on a trial. 
You need faith because life is a series of challenges. There are moments of joy, but there are moments of challenges. And in moments of challenges, you are going to need faith. No human being at no point in time have they ever not realized that they need faith in God. Hallelujah. Something happens and you realize, God, I need you. And the only key that unlocks miracles and divine healing into your life is faith. Hallelujah. Trials doesn't mean that you are a bad person. Trials don't mean that you are a bad person. Paragraph 76. It was so with John. That is scriptural science of the time. Paragraph 76. Scriptural science of the time. Paragraph 76. It was, it was so with John. Job, Job, brother. Job was the best man in the land. Best man in the land. Not as far as humanity is concerned. As far as heaven is concerned. In his day, best man God could find. And yet, look what happened to him. God wasn't chastising him. He was trying him. He was proving to Satan he had somebody that would believe in him in the face of difficulty. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, do you understand now your troubles? Your troubles could be because God wants to prove to Satan that he's got somebody that would believe in him uh, despite the difficulties that they face. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you are the kind of Christians, a Christian that quits on God when the tough gets going, then you are a very problematic Christian. Christians are the ones that uh, when, when things become tough, that's when they go on to what we call neology. A Christian during the trial is a neologist. A neologist is somebody that believes that divine intervention can come when I go down on my knees. The problem today, we have few neologists. It's a special profession, that one. It's the only profession that heaven recognizes, a neologist. Hallelujah. Somebody that believes in the power of knees. When I go down on my knees, Satan is bound to travel. is bound to shake and tremble. There is power on your knees. Your knees are not just holding your body. They are holding your life. Even spiritually speaking. When was the last time you went down on your knees? Yeah, hallelujah. Are there some neologists in the building? We've got psychologists, we've got psychiatrists, but we appreciate neologists. Every church needs a neologist. Amen. In the message, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Paragraph 1-3. That is paragraph 1-3, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's preached 29, 6 June 1957. Brother Brum says, some of 
that's paragraph 13, that's right. Just go a little bit down. All right, do you see it today? Some, uh, this I want, I want us to read it together. Some of my greatest experiences I've ever witnessed before God. It's when I got to a place where I couldn't go over. Or under. Or around. But just stand still. And God makes a way through it somehow. He hasn't failed yet. And, never will, and he never will fail. And he never will fail. God, cannot fail. God cannot fail. That's a statement that I want you to hear. God cannot fail. Yes. But uh, the prophet say the greatest, the greatest, some of his greatest experiences is when he hit a cul-de-sac. He couldn't go around it. He couldn't go under it. Couldn't go over it. He was there standing still. And it says, God somewhat made a way through. Amen. Are there believers in the building that ever got stuck? Where you couldn't figure your way around it. You couldn't figure your way over it. You couldn't figure your way under it. But somewhat, God made a way through it. Ah, God still can make a way. Brother, let say, God cannot fail. This morning, why, 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 am I, why am I saying have faith in God? I cannot say have faith in a man because a man will get sick. Uh, hallelujah. It's like a man that had a confidence in a sangoma and the sangoma was in Venda and he drove all the way from Jobek to Venda to go and consult with a sangoma because the baby was sick. When he got to Venda, he found an entourage leaving the place of the Sangom. When he asked what was happening, they say, we are on our way to the gravesite. Then they say, what's happening? They say, so-and-so has died. Then he realized the Sangoma that he was coming to consult with is the very Sangoma that was being taken to the gravesite. Have no confidence in men. Have confidence in God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Even the specialists, we thank God for the doctors, we thank God for specialists, but there are burial sites that have got specialists. Uh, hallelujah. We, we've, got, we've got guys, uh, uh, best cardiologists, that are, some of them are buried and they died because of heart attack. Uh, there are areas of speciality where they have specialized, they died of the same disease. Why? It's because you can never trust any human being. That's why this morning I say, have confidence and have faith in God. Why? Because God cannot fail. I'll repeat the statement. God cannot fail. There is not even one case that you can present it before God. And God says, hey, this is very tough for me. There is not even a single case that is beyond God's abilities. That's why the scriptures say, only believe all things. All things are possible, folks. To them that believe. You don't sound like you, do, you believe that. 
folks, if you don't have confidence in God, you will die in your corner. The devil is going to give you a weeping. The devil has got a respect for the people whose network is connected to the almighty God. He knows that if this woman, if this man, they go down on their knees, I am really in trouble. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. Now, in the message, God's provided way. Paragraph 36, he preached this on the 29th September 1957. He says in this message, paragraph 36, God is not known by knowing genealogy. And the young ones, this one you need to understand. It doesn't mean that if grandma is in the message and ma is in the message, therefore you are in the message. Actually, as I said the other time, you are just taking along. And the devil will really shred you to pieces. He really likes people that take along. Because taking along, it means you've got no personal experience. Are you with me? Have you ever gone to a doctor and presented you a matter and the doctor examined you, maybe ran a battery of tests and came back with a diagnosis and the doctor looked at you and said, even in my practicing career, I have never seen such a condition. Right there, when the doctor says that, your heart will sink. Be honest. But when the doctor says, ah, this is not a big deal, you know, we, there are many people that have suffered this, many people have come here, I've helped them. Your confidence level goes up. Why? Because the doctor has got a personal experience of what he's dealing with. How much more about God? So you've got to have a personal experience of God. Folks, every man and woman and every young woman and every young man in the building today must have a personal experience of God where you can say to the devil, this is what God did for me at some point in time. The reason people become atheists is because they've got no experience of God. And the reason people have got no faith is because people have got no experience of God. Because your experience of God, no one can take it away from you. As I said last week, you could have never taken the, the, the experience that David killed the lion. He was the one that knew I killed the lion. Even if you could have said, ah, oh, brother, this is impossible. How could you kill the lion? You are so small in stature. The lion is big. The lion is stronger. He didn't care what you are going to say. When he was killing the lion, you were not there. Uh, uh, Hallelujah. There are certain experiences that God has taken you through. Some people were not there when God took you through those experiences. You are the only one that has got a personal account of what God has done. And, and furthermore, sometimes you are not even allowing that experience to be subjected to debate. Uh, uh, let's talk about salvation. Many of you, you know where you were. Uh, uh, hallelujah. 
some of you, had you not been this message, you would have danced the whole night last night and would be tired this morning and full of regrets. You know where you would be had this message not found you. Ah, hallelujah. If this message did not find you, we're not going to be in church. Hello? You are going to be there doing your own stuff. Ah, hallelujah. Yes, young sister, your mom without this message was going to be a party animal. We thank God for this message. Where would you be had not God sent this message? But because somewhere, when you were taking that uh, a downward spiral, somewhere God intervened. I say God interrupted your plans. I say grace broke the protocol and located you where you were and found you. And this morning, here you are. So tell me, is there anyone that can talk you out of that experience? Uh, Hallelujah. That's why the people that would want to criticize the message, we simply ask them and say, you don't know, had it not been this message, you don't know where we were going to be. Some of us would have died, would be in premature graves. Hallelujah. But God interrupted our plans. And that experience, no one can take it away from us. Oh, folks, no one can take that experience away from us. Why? Because it was a a personal encounter. Hallelujah. So God is not known by knowing genealogy. It's by neology. That's why I'm speaking to neologists. So that means if you don't practice neology, then you don't know God. Because neology brings a personal experience. Folks, are you still going down in your closet where you kneel down? Hallelujah. Or the only prayer that you pray is when you pray for the food and the pastor is around. If you are that kind of a believer, I want to say shame on you. Because why a real believer must practice neology. And God is going to create circumstances to force you to practice neology. Uh, Hallelujah. If you have not practiced it out of your own will, you're going to practice when you are forced by circumstances. I don't know. Bram Mitlavi is a doctor. I don't know how many times, Bram Mitlavi, you must have run a diagnosis. Maybe somebody was coming to the practice and you had to break the news to them that this is what it is. Maybe stage four cancer. Right there, I would imagine as a believing doctor, you would wish that only if they knew God. Oh, you, you, and by the time they go to doctors, I've seen a stat. They say 80% of South Africans, before they go to a doctor, they would have gone to a sango. I, I just saw the stats last night. You'll bear with me. Sometimes then you have, you have, you have, what do you call it? Uh, colon cancer and you think somebody's bewitching you you stay for six months while the cancer is spreading while you are consulting dirty looking men who cannot even save their own families 
you because of foolishness. I mean, if I say I'm going to make your children pass, you must come and check my children first. If all are dropouts, then you know that this is not the right guy. Are you still with me? Isn't true? Bram Tabi told me most of the time, he said, when people come there, because doctors will come and say, have you consumed anything? Most of them, they just look at the doctor because they know they have consumed some traditional medicine, which may even be toxic. Oh, I'm not there. I don't know why the Holy Spirit brought me there, but you'll bear with me. God is not known by knowing genealogy, it's by neology. Where God knows, you don't find God by studying books. Uh, hallelujah. You, uh, how do you find out? You find God on your knees. Uh, are you still with me? I hope it is so direct there. Now, I, I'm getting somewhere where I want your life results to happen in your life. In the message, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, paragraph one five. He preached this on the twenty third of February, nineteen fifty eight. Paragraph one five. Brother, say that that's wrong. If if your objective is right and your motive is right, then it is not you speaking. Is the deity itself speaking through you? Folks, did you get what he says? If the motive is right and the objective is right. So sometimes we ask God for things but for wrong objectives. Sometimes the objectives may look good but the motive may be wrong. And I say, when you approach God with a request, what is the objective and what is the motive? If the objective is wrong, God is not going to answer you. Uh, I hope you know, in business sometimes before they start, that's where they have got what they say. We want to know the objectives of the company. Because if the, obje- the objective, it addresses the what. And the principles addresses the how. And your strategies will address the how. Now, let me put it in layman's terms. If your what is right, and your why is right, and your how is right, God is going to do it. I say God is going to do it. He says, if your objective is right, and your motive is right, then isn't you speaking, it's deity itself speaking through you. Now, that's the way it is speaking. It is by speaking to the mountain. If your objective is right and your motive is right, it isn't you speaking anymore. It's the Spirit of God speaking. And that's what moves the mountain. Not you, the Spirit of God in you. You can never move a mountain yourself. But when you are in alignment, you are in alignment with the will of God and your motive is right, and your objective is right, tell me, who is going to stop you? Because it's no longer you speaking. It's the deity in you speaking. So what you speak is bound to materialize. Glory be to God. 
He continues, I'm still on the very same thing. Paragraph uh, in the message Y, page 13th of August 1959. Paragraph 7. He says, and the way I always try to think of that, there has to be the right kind of emotive and the right objective. If your motive is right, and your objective is right, and your faith is right, because that you feel that is the will of God, nothing can keep it from happening. He says, think about it. This morning, where you are sitting, whatever you need, if your objective is right, if your motive is right, and if your faith is right, and it is the will of God, nothing is going to stop you from making that thing happen. Folks, I say nothing. When I say nothing, I mean what I say. Nothing. Satan, demons, nothing can stop you from making that thing materialize. I'm still on the very same line of thought. Persevering preached on the 29th July, 1962. He says, the first thing, your achievement is only by your motive and your objective. Your motive has got to be right. Your objective has got to be right. If your objective is right and your motive is wrong, then it won't happen. Did you get it? Whatever you need. If, if you need something from God and, and you think if God answers you, I, I've seen a lot of people where a person becomes a nobody and God just blesses them with a very small blessing and they become very pompous. I've seen that many a time. No humility whatsoever. Hallelujah. Why? It's because the objective was wrong. And brother say, if you want, if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. And if you want to be humble, exalt thyself. The way up is the way down. Uh, are you with me? Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. Even in the family, you find that the whole family is poor. One person happens to go and become a graduate and go and have a decent job and comes back and whenever he speaks, he uses the nasal passage to speak. Uh, are you with me? Becoming better than his fellow man. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Instead of lifting, lifting up his fellow siblings, he's the one oppressing them. Oh, even in church I've seen it. Oh, hallelujah. A brother is available to do things for the Lord. As soon as one blessing comes, they are no longer available. They've got to be back to do things. Some people serve God, God better when they are poor. But I say, God, I, want, I don't want to serve you better when I'm poor because I don't want to be poor. I want to serve you better when I have everything. Brothers, are you witness? Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Now, you've got to have the right objective. You've got to have the right motive. Then take it upon the leading of the Holy Spirit in your heart and stay with it. God will bring it to pass. So that means the motive is right, the objective is right, the faith is right, it is in the will of God, 
And brother Norman say, now you are following the leading of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Stay with it. Stay with it. At the right time, God will bring it to pass. Why am I overemphasizing staying with it? Because it is in the waiting where people mess up. It was in the waiting of Isaac that Ishmael came. Ishmael wasn't supposed to come. Do you know that Brother Bram say actually had Sarah believed in God right at that moment, she would have produced Jesus Christ right there. Not Isaac, Jesus Christ. But doubt brought a lot of things. How many people have you seen that messed up during the waiting time? When Moses went up the mountain to collect the Ten Commandments, when he came down, he found the golden cow. What was the problem? People had a problem with waiting. The dream of Junior Jackson says, Brother Brown said, look, on, look on, on the inside. And there was a white stone and nothing was written there. And they were waiting for the interpretation. And Brother Branham went westward and he began to disappear. And as he disappeared, some looked there and they began to live one by one. And only a handful remained. And we are beginning to see the people, they are living one by one. But the bride is keeping focus on that white stone because that white stone is Christ. Why was there nothing written there? It's the revelation of the seven seas. Glory be to God. The message, the hour is come. Preach this on the evening service, 15th of April, 1951. The paragraph is paragraph 17, 17. Brother Brown say it, now he touches on what we spoke about the other previous week about the right mental attitude. Now he say all along here, do you understand what I mean when I say the right mental attitude? Your right mental attitude towards God's divine promise will bring any promise to pass. I want to emphasize any promise to come to pass. Now, maybe you don't believe that. You say, well, my faith is weak. Brahma say, I wouldn't confess it. Did you get it? Why? Brother Brahma say, when you say something, the devil catches it. But it says, when you leave it in your heart, it's a mystery. And when you, that means you need not to speak your weaknesses. Because when you speak your weakness, the devil catches that. And he capitalizes on that. That's what the prophet says. says, You say, well, I'm weak. My faith is weak. I wouldn't confess that. Don't let the devil know that. Yes, there will be moments where your faith is weak. But don't confess that. There will be moments where you don't feel like a Christian. Don't confess that. Keep it a secret away from Satan. Glory be to God. Brahma say, always say, I've got good faith. I believe God with all my heart. It will not always be like that. But you've got to always say it like that. Are you still with me? But how many of us, even somebody rings you and say, how are you? No, I'm not well. You don't need to tell everybody that you're not well. 
Sometimes you need to say, I'm fine. You are not lying. You are summoning the powers of heaven to bring your body in subjection to your confession. And people say, you look sick. You say, I'm not sick. I'll get better. Why? You don't want to confess something that Satan can capitalize on that. Folks, I want to emphasize on that. You know, the other time, there was somebody that I met. He was on his way to a job interview. And he said, hey, I'm going to this job interview. Ah, We are just going to try our luck. I said, try your luck. He says, yeah, I mean, who are we to be hired by that company? I said, then you are definitely not going to be hired. Why? And I, I, I really spent some time. I said, listen, the reason they have invited you there, those people have got no time to waste. That means in your curriculum vitae, they have picked up a certain thing that they love. You may not have qualifications, but you may have experience. You may not have experience, but you may have a qualification. You may have quali- not qualification, not experience, but they may love the attitude that is there. But for them to invite you, they saw something. Amen. So you had much better go there and say, I'm not going there to waste their time. I'm going to there to show my worth. Uh, are you with me? But a lot of times when we bring ourselves into nothingness, we think we are humble. And Satan really loves a believer that belittles themselves. And he's not going to feel sorry for you and say, this guy is so humble. He's even humble to me, Satan. Let me be very kind to him. No! You knew, oh, Satan, no humility whatsoever. You are the child of the most high God. Amen. Now he says, I won't confess it. Don't let the devil know that. Always say, I've got good faith. This morning I confess. I've got a strong faith. I've got audacious faith. I've got a reckless faith. Oh, my faith has got hair on the chest. My faith is a boss. When it speaks, everything must shut up. Hallelujah. Now, he says, see, don't testify nothing of the David. Folks, nothing of the David. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, Folks, it's a chronic disease, but to us it's the demon. Uh, The reason it's chronic is because it's a stubborn demon. It is that a very, very a tendency to show itself during a very uh, unsuitable times. Then that's what we call chronic. And then you need to go and get your chronic medicine. And sometimes certain demons, the reason we call them chronic is just because we love McDonald's too much. Oh, I'm going to preach. Me, I'm a preacher. (laughs) Hallelujah. You love your KFC. 
It's like they have drowned it in oil. You eat in KFC every day, you think you are successful. Not long you've got high blood pressure. You want us to pray for you for something that you could have controlled. Folks, eating KFC is not a sign that you made it. It's a sign that you are careless. I'm hitting that KFC this morning. (laughs) Buy chicken and do it yourself. I just caused a problem there. I see it. You know, even KFC in this town cannot keep up. They opened one in downtown. It was not enough. They all, don't worry that they're going to sue the church. It's me saying that. They won't sue you. There's a disclaimer. It's me preaching. One in downtown. One in Lefonte. One here. And another one, new one over there. The other one in KG Mall. (laughs) All over. And all of them have got cues. It's a trouble. I see even some eyes that are looking at me very suspicious. (laughs) Stay away from that. So that you can live longer. A boy in America just shoot a McDonald's. It says McDonald's made him fat. Oh, he he won a case. It was quite a a multi-million dollar lawsuit that he won. That indeed McDonald's made him fat. Americans have got a way of doing things. He's the one that went to McDonald's. He's the one that ate it. He's the one that bought it. Thereafter, he sued them. He said they should have warned him. (laughs) Stay... Certain sicknesses are because of our carelessness. I'm converted. I used to love my KFC as well. Yes. Uh, After I got my first job, I thought, really, I made it. But later, I realized that this thing is killing us. Should we preach about these things, folks? Certain things can just be avoided for you to come for me to lay hands on you. Amen. I'm not leaving. Something says I must say. Junk food used to be for the rich and the poor lived longer. Gout and heart attack used to be diseases of rich people. Then later, organic food that way Somebody has growing a garden in his or her yard and maybe harvesting vegetables. Now, that became the rich man's food. That's why all of you love woolies because of organic stuff. Young food now became for the poor. People that used to not to have certain diseases in rural areas are now suffering from those diseases. And when you check the pattern, KFC has gone into the rural areas. I just said it. 
They won't teach you because the uh, Tavi is a converted doctor. I can say it in his presence. Even the pharmaceutical industry, they benefit from your carelessness. Certain things can just be avoided by making right choices. Amen. Know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And when Bram said, don't testify nothing of the David. When you accept him as your healer, don't never act like you are sick or crippled anymore. Oh, what's Brother Brandon say? So you mean that if I'm crippled, I can walk like I'm not crippled anymore? What would it take for me while I'm crippled to walk like I'm not crippled anymore? It will take attitude. You know, I've seen there's a gentleman that has got no legs. And I forgot the name, but he's quite a well-known guy around the world. That guy, he goes for swimming. He does a lot of things that even I, as an able person, I cannot do. So I was watching his video. I said, but who's really disabled between me and this guy? (laughs) Then I realized it's not because of the disability of the body. It is the disability of the attitude. To him, everything is possible. But to me, there are limitations. Believe. Don't never act like you are sick or crippled anymore. Believe that you are healed. Take him at his way. Then it's all over on God. Then not on you. As long as you take God at his way, then the weight will produce what it promised you to do. Are you still with me? Now, in this message, thy house, preached this on the 8th of August, 1961, paragraph 44. It says, but now, but you understand what I mean now to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thine and thy house shall be saved. Believe for yourself, and believe for your house, and you shall have it. Did you get it, folks? If it is good enough for you to say, if your faith is enough to save you, it is good enough to save your household as well. He says, say, well, the doctor said, I can't get well. Hallelujah. The doctor's weight is not final. I'll repeat, the doctor's weight is not final. Even him, if you can ask him in his medical uh, fraternity or experience, he would tell you there are cases that I thought that this case is a done deal. This person is gone, is dying, and the person gets discharged from the hospital because doctor cannot heal. He can administer the medicine, but God and God alone is a healer. The only person that can heal is God because what? It takes a creator to heal. I say, it takes a creator to heal. K 
cancer without the intervention of the creator, it can never be healed. Because the new cells have got to be created. Now, say, well, the doctor said I can't get well. Hallelujah. I mean, when people come and the doctor come and say, listen, there isn't much that we can do, and he shakes his head, uh, a lot of times right there, people's hearts sink. But there are some stubborn patients. And sometimes it helps to be stubborn. Where you go to the doctor and he diagnoses you, and you say, hey, can we get second opinion? Everyone is entitled to a second opinion. Are you still with me? And there's been cases where they went to this one, he diagnosed and said it's cancer, and they went to somebody and says, no, it's non-cancerous, and came back with a different medical opinion. A doctor's opinion can be, even a judge, if a judge sentences you, you can say, I need a different court that it can arrive, and I believe it will arrive at a different decision. So sometimes having faith is the ability to say, this is not the report that I'm ready for now. Let me just try one more report before I accept this report. But if you are the person that just accepts anything that comes your way, somebody will come and look at you and say a certain remark that is negative upon your life. And the rest of your life, your life revolves around that negative remark. Sometimes you've got to say, maybe you don't know me better. Uh, hallelujah. How many people in the building people have ever said negative remarks about you? Uh, hallelujah. If they've never said it, good luck. You are such a good person indeed. But some of the people, even teachers, would look at a child and say, this child cannot make it. Uh, hallelujah. I, even your parents never believe your teacher's report. Uh, are you with me? Some certain children, they struggle, not because they are struggling, it's because they just happen to have a wrong teacher. And sometimes, I, I know, I've advised certain parents here, sometimes you know your child struggles in a certain school, sometimes you remove your child and take your child in a different school, then the results will amaze you. Uh, hallelujah. Some, be a person that seeks a, a second opinion. If Satan says this, say, check out, what does God say about this? But if God says something, don't seek a second opinion, you will die. There's only one person that we never seek a second opinion on, is God. Biliam sought a second opinion. He almost died. Are you still with me? Well, if the doctor said, I can't get well, well, if thou can believe on the Lord, you can get well. I'm out, of, uh, I'm out of work. This is what it says. But if you will believe on the Lord, you shall have work. If you believe on the Lord, you shall have work. Is God an employer? Yes, he's an employer. I don't know what to do about this situation. Believe on the Lord. Now, here is another German woman. Now, just to give a background, German people are, you'd go, when Brother Bram spoke about that young boy that had a family spirit, uh, German people are stubborn. Yes, even German people will listen to me saying that it's true. Uh, 
And if you say it, every nationality has got their own somewhat deficiency. Amen. There is no nation or tribe that is perfect on earth. The only human race that is perfect is the super race, which is the children of God. Now, and sometimes when you, there are, when, when God saves you, he doesn't, I want you to listen to me attentively. When God saves you, he does not change your character. He changes the direction of your character. Paul, we know that Paul was problematic to the church. And after Paul was converted, was Paul easier to the church? This is the guy that killed them, that were looking for them to kill them. After he made the pillar of fire and got converted, now he comes and says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? You uh, uh, Corinthians, why are you so carnal? He was problematic to the church. That strong character did not change because he was converted. Are you still with me? I hope, we are together. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Now, in the message, Be Not Afraid, paragraph 5. This is the German woman that I want to read about to you. But I'm say, I like to tell this. He says, I know it's taking a lot of your time, but a few days, it's not a few days, about two years ago, there was one sent to Germany. And on the cloth, it says, when Brother Brennan prayed for the prayer cloth and sent one to Germany, on the cloth, it says, if your pastor is a believer, call him. If you have done any sin, confess it. Make everything right. God will not heal. God will not heal only under conditions. Did you hear? So call your pastor in. If you have done anything wrong, confess it. And the Bible said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for the other that you might be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And I say, if you have no pastor that believes in healing, maybe you've got a neighbor that believes in healing, some member of the church, someone that you can talk to and confine in. Now, this little German woman that received the prayer cloth called in some neighbor woman, and she said, I, if I've done anything wrong, I'm willing to make it right. I know nothing about it. She had been an invalid, crippled, in a wheelchair for 20-some odd years, more than 20 years. So they prayed and took the handkerchief out of the letter, laid it on the little German woman, and on the back of the page where they give the translation of her testimony, she said, this is what the woman said, do you, do you get it? She has got no church. A prayer cloth was sent to her. She invited the neighbors. And when she invited the neighbor, she said, as far as I'm concerned, I've not done anything wrong that I'm aware of. And if I've done anything, I'll fix it. Then she took the prayer cloth, laid it on herself, and she said, now, now, 
all the devil because she followed the scriptural instructions. Are you with me? Now, she said, now, old man David, you have been in me long enough. So, get out. She just got up out of the wheelchair and went walking on. Now, it's just that. Yes, say, old David, you have helped me long enough. Get out of me. And she got up right up and walked. Now, that's how simple it is. Hallelujah. And if it can happen to the German woman, it can happen to you. You can follow and say, I met every scriptural requirement. And right now, you old man, David, get out of me. You have held me far too long. And right there, you can walk out of your condition. Brother Mum said, it is as simple as that. It does not require all night prayer. It requires a determination of a believer to say everything scripturally has been put in on, on its place. Then you say in your mouth, old man Satan, you held me far too long. Get out of me. He will release you. I say he will release you. I don't know how many of you ever really addressed Satan like this German woman. She did not come from church. She had no convention. She had no spoken way. She had no preacher. You have a preacher. But the devil really is making you a walk over. Good songs. They just sang good songs for you. Good messages. Good church that you go to. But Satan still makes you a walk over. This German woman did not have that. But she had a holy indignation. That Satan... You have held me for over 20 years in this wheelchair. This is the prayer clause that comes from the man of God. I followed the instructions. You old man Satan, get out of me. And this morning I need some believers to say to Satan, you old man, get out of my house. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. Get out of my children's life. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my finances. Get out of our church. It needs believers to say that. But the problem with believers in the end time have been conditioned to coexist with demons and tolerate demons. As I gave an example of two brothers that were sleeping in church. And this brother, he was sleeping. And this one kept on waking him up. This year. Then he woke up. After five minutes, he slumbers. This one wakes him up. Ah, uh, at the end, they were all sleeping, leaning against each other. What happened? They were just playing around, massaging a demon. The brother should have said, Brother, you are sleeping. Can't you just go at the back and stand there so that you may not sleep? But they were just playing around with a demon. Don't play around with a demon. Don't tolerate the demon. A demon was made to be cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, are you with me? Are you here, sisters? How many sisters are afraid of snake? You can raise your hand. Amen. What would happen if you walk into the house and you found the snake 
going closer to your child. I just hear another sister just shaking from saying, I'm afraid of a snake, to saying. But I feel if that snake, we don't take it nicely. If it's going to pose a problem, it gets killed. <laughs> Amen. I don't care whether it is a Mozambican cobra. I don't care whether it is a, a black mamba. But the moment that snake, you see that it's going the direction of your child. Oh, goodness. It had much better deal with you before it deals with the child. Yes, Nick, I'm afraid of you, but the problem you have come into a wrong territory. If we are able to do that with a snake, why are we tolerating demons? The same attitude that we have a snake that poses danger, it is the same degree of aggression that we've got to have to Satan. Say, Satan, you have come in a different territory. That's why the other time we had a false prophet that came here and he wanted to scare me and says, hey, pastor, in the church there are witches. I said, leave our witches alone. <laughs> and he, was, he got very shocked that, oh, here. I say, hey, they've come to the right place. Because here we preach the gospel. If you want to chase them away, who are we going to preach to? Leave our witches alone. Our gospel has got power to change the witches. Why? Because he realized if he gets me, and later he says, yeah, somebody's going to have a stroke in the convention. I say, yeah, man, look at me. I don't host conventions where people have strokes. I host conventions where people get healed of their diseases. There's going to be testimonies from this convention. So you false prophet, shut up your mouth. Why? Because he knew that if I've got fear, I've got fear I'll not have faith. And he was quite shocked. Because he wanted us to tremble and later and allow him to become our rescue leader. Amen. Here we are not scared of anything, folks. Ah, we are not afraid of anything. Are you here, brothers? We, we, we can never be bewitched. There, there are requirements that a witch must meet before he can bewitch me. You can't just wake up and bewitch Madiba. It is impossible. A witch must accept that William Branham is a prophet in the end time. After that, he must, she must accept. Oh, these days is not only she, even he. And he must accept that he must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost before he can reach me where I am. And by the time he reaches me, he is no longer a witch. Hallelujah. Ah, brother, if you worship with us and you say you are being bewitched, really it tells us you have got a problem. The problem is not the witch. The problem is you. Are, Are we here? I don't preach to people that are being bewitched. I've pastored this church for four many years. I've never seen somebody being bewitched yet. Brother Mama says, the devil will not touch you until you get away from the presence of the Lord. So if the witch touches you, you got away. Well, I'm, saying, I'm trying to dismantle fear. 
that you need to have not fear. You must have confidence and faith in God. Are you with me? There's somewhere witches are not only in Africa, even Germany, where they make BMW. There are witches there. Oh, you want a quotation? 45 of them. 15 at each corner. Challenging Brother Brenham. Making the turn to be suspended. Hallelujah. And Brother Brenham right there, he says, these witches are really taking a chance. And he said to the interpreter, don't interpret what I'm going to say. And the Bible, right there he said, I set the three high weights of the Bible. It's a direct quotation. I don't know of any other three highways of the Bible except the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he spoke the name of the Lord, the tent came down and the witches were defeated and the men of God carried on with the mission of the day. Amen. Are you with me? Now, message of faith, I'm quite reading today, you'll bear with me. The message, faith is the substance, paragraph 32. It says, after the days of that came along Jesus, he was God's ensign. He was lifted up. He ascended on high and gave gifts back to men. And men received the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be made a deity himself. That means men are deity. Now that didn't set very good. But that's according to the word. A man or a woman that's born of the Spirit of God is part of God. Are you, did we get that one? Amen. Amen. You are sons of God and daughters of God. Didn't Jesus say, isn't written in your scriptures, your laws, that you are God's? Yes. Not to forgive sins now, but you are sons and daughters of God, limited to your faith. Amen. Limited to your faith. Amen. Now, the very God, Back there in the beginning, that rolled the world, the moon and the stars, and made them from things which do not appear, or made them out of things that do appear. And where did he get the material to make it? He spoke it into existence by his way and said, let there be, and it was so, the deity. And a portion of that deity dwells in the heart of every born-again Christian. A portion of that deity dwells in every heart of a man or a woman that claims to be a Christian. And if it's a portion of a deity, Brother Rum said, when you go to the ocean and you, will, you take out water with a spoon, he says the same elements that are in the ocean, the same minerals that are in the ocean are in that teaspoon of water. The water in the teaspoon is not different to the rest of the water in the ocean. And right now, 
if the portion of the deity is in you, it is no different from the rest of the deity that created the universe. Are you still with me? That's why Brother Roman in another message, he says, you are a minor creator. Minor creator. Minor creator. That means you can create. I want to repeat that. You can create. Why? Because a son of God is like God. A daughter of God is like God. And Brahman say, when you get a human being to be back in touch with his maker, they become a superman. And he say, when the true omnipotence in me, something is bound to happen. I'm speaking to creators this morning. I'll repeat, I'm speaking to creators this morning. People that can create. If you believe and say to this mountain, be moved. This is not the Lord Jesus saying it. This is you as a human being saying that. Are you still with me? And I believe that March 16, it sums up the ministry in the end time. Because it was this very scripture. When Brother Branham was out in the woods and he was there uh, just relaxing. And right there he was meditating on this scripture. That if you say to this mountain, be moved and do not doubt in your heart, the mountain shall move. Right there, the voice spoke to him and said, what do you want? And Brother thought he was dreaming, but later realized that he was not dreaming. He rubbed his eyes and the voice repeated, what do you want? And he stood up there and said, I need squirrel. The voice said, how many? If you go to God, don't just speak randomly. You must be specific what you want, how you want it, when you want it. Uh, Hallelujah. And right there the voice said, now you need, you is not God. You need to speak the squirrels into existence. Folks, there was no eyewitness. There was no selfie. There was no camera. It was one man having a personal experience with God. And he said, right there, he began to say, uh, I think he was just testing as well. He said, let there be a squirrel there. Right after he had spoken, a squirrel began to run. He took out a gun and shot at that squirrel. And later he said, I thought I was in a vision because it's a man that lived in a vision. But later he went to the squirrel. He picked up the squirrel. It was bleeding. And Brahman said, the vision does not bleed. It was the reality of the spoken way. Spoken by a man that was born by Charles and Ella Brenham. And after he picked up the squirrel, he was on his way, wanting to go away. But the voice said, how many did you say you are? Because God could not allow him to live with one squirrel. Because the squirrels were already created in the supernatural realm. They were waiting to be manifested in the natural realm. There are promises that have already happened in the supernatural realm. They are waiting to materialize in the natural realm. But it's waiting for you to have faith in God. And you say, right there, I realize now, 
that something was taking place. As a hunter, he knew that a squirrel would never be on a sycamore tree. But he says, now I stood there and I said, let there be a squirrel on a sycamore tree. What happened? There was the squirrel on the sycamore tree. Where did that squirrel come from? The same way that when Moses said, let there be frog, and there was frog. In the end time, William Marion Brown said, let there be a squirrel, and there was a squirrel. And there was the three of them. And he went home. And when he got there, he was sitting around the table. And narrating and say the God of Abraham. The God that gave Abraham a ram. He was with me today in the woods. These squirrels, he allowed me to speak to them into existence. I think I can imagine the brothers, they must have with spectacle looking at Brother Brenham. But right there in the corner, a sister that knew that nothing is impossible with God. This sister was not rich. This sister was not well off. It was just a poor widow. Hallelujah. But she understood the power of the spoken way. When Brother Brenham narrated that, at the corner right there, she said, Brother Brenham, that is nothing but the truth. Brother Brenham said, when she said the right thing, a supernatural channel opened in the house of Sister Haiti. And Brother Brenham stood up and said, Sister Haiti, what do you want? And she looked around. She wondered what could it be that I could ask for. And Brother Brenham looked and said, look, your, your, your folks here, your parents are old. What, what did he mean? That means she had the power to make them to become young again. Am I preaching to message believers? These are not just a bunch of stories. This is the reality of the matter. This is the core of our ministry. If that was not true, this message is false. And if this message is true, that was true. And he stood there and said to your folks, are getting older, you can just ask for whatever you need. Says you need a million. You can ask for a million dollar. Hallelujah. Here is your sister, Edith. She has been in the wheelchair for so many years. You can ask for a healing. I can imagine Sister Haiti getting into that realm that Elijah got into with Elijah. Scriptures repeating themselves. Are you still with me? And Sister Haiti looked around and realized, actually I'm dying, I'm an old woman, and I'm worried, I've been worried sick about my two boys. They seem not to take the message seriously. They just play around. Right they say, oh, Brother Brenham, my greatest desire. Because the mother will always ask for the right things. Million dollars would have run out. Sister Edith would have walked out of the wheelchair, but she would have died. The parents would have become young, but they would have died. But right there, she wanted something that was eternal. Uh, I know some of you are looking, you think you were going to ask for a million dollars. Right there, the motive must be right. 
The objective must be right. The faith must be right. It must be the will of God. Then the Holy Spirit is leading you. Rather than she said, my greatest desire is the salvation of my two boys. Right there, Brother Brenham stood up and said, Sister Haiti, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you, I, I need to emphasize, I, not God, not Jesus, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Right there, the two boys that were playing around, they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And as sure as it can be, they will be on the other side. That says the prophet of the hour. And Brother Bram said, we are getting into a season where a brother will go to a brother and say, Brother, my crop is burning. I need a ray. And the brother will say, My brother, if you need ray, I give you ray in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say, we are right at that season where we can give one another our heart's desire. Hallelujah. And that is why I say, have faith in God. And this morning, what do you need where you are sitting? Whatever you need today, if you say to this mountain, be moved and do not doubt in your heart. It shall be so. Today, if Brother Brim said we are in that season, I've got a right to stand behind the pulpit and dish out the blessing to the children of God and say, are you sick? Receive your healing. Are you lost? Receive your salvation. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do you need the joy of salvation? Receive the joy of salvation. Whatever you need, receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, folks? We are not going to be an army that is moving around defeated. Actually, I'm preaching to a well-equipped church. There's never been a time where the church was as equipped as it is now. And if you are busy with your nonsense, stop your nonsense. Because your nonsense is delaying a progress of the move of God. If there are things to be fixed, fix your nonsense. Are you here? Because Brother Muse say, sometime. Somebody doesn't get healed because somebody has got an unconfessed sin. Confess your sin to one another. That's why we are calling a convention. We say a consecration. What does it mean? We are giving ourselves out to the Lord and say, if you need people to be used more than you have ever used people, today we are available right now. I say we are available right now. I expect a better amen than that one. Brother Bram said we don't want to be a halfway church. We don't want to be halfway believers. We don't want to be halfway preachers. We don't want to be halfway musicians. We are really going for a king. I say we are going for a king. Was that an amen in agreement? Do you mean what you say? Do you believe when you say amen? We are not a halfway church. This ministry in the end time, we saw cancers falling off. And I say today, the same God that was with with Lambrenum, that same God is right here in the building. 
I say it's right in the building. Diabetes can still be healed. I say diabetes can still be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ. High blood pressures can be normalized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Arthritis can be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ. I need a church to say amen to that. Satan must never hold you back from believing the word of God wholeheartedly. Everything that we need can materialize. Here's a question that I've got for you. Have faith in God. Are you going to go back after service and just be caught up in that whirlpool? Negative testimony, negative testimony. Struggle after struggle. I hope this service has done something to you like when a butterfly changes from a caterpillar and becomes a butterfly. Because once it becomes a butterfly, no matter how much you hate a butterfly, you can never reverse the process. It is a butterfly already. If you are a believer today, the devil will never reverse the process. But it depends on you to confess it. When was the last time you held a conference with Satan and said, Satan, I disagree. I vehemently disagree. And you even walked away from him while he was speaking. And he said, I'm still talking. He said, I don't care. Then he moved away and said, that is not for me. Friends, sometimes we listen too much. Until we get very entangled in the enemy's lies. Because he will lie about you. He will lie about your family. He will try to destroy you. Amen. Let me read another quotation before I release you. Brother, in the message where I think Pentecost failed, he preached this on the 11th of November. The year was 1955. Another brother once came into this church and later told Brother Grace and said, Ah, at that church, they don't call to Brother Brenham. Brother Grace said, You have been to a wrong church. This is not our church. There we are. Do you see the screen is even full of quotations? Here we say, Brother Bram said, Brother Bram said, if we sound like broken records, so be it. This broken record still produces music. Amen. Amen. Paragraph 14. I want us to read it together. And God will never you can never exhaust God's love, you can never exhaust God's love. And, mercy to you. and mercy to you. You say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. He wants to be bothered that way. Folks, he wants to be bothered that way. 
He wants to be bothered. Have you ever asked help from somebody? And immediately, or maybe you asked 200 rents from somebody and they said, hi, there's 200. When you left, you realized that, ah, I really, what I needed was 400. <laughs> Would you go back and say, hey, uh, that 200 I need? <laughs> You'll be afraid. That, ah, that guy just gave me 200. Imagine if I go back to him. Why? Because you don't want to bother him. But God wants to be bothered. So that means after you have asked for this thing, while you are leaving his presence, you can say, hang on God. There's one more that I forgot. And God will not be bothered. But a human being, (laughs) you must have limitations when you operate. Amen. Amen. He, he wants to be bothered that way. He does. Don't never think that you could ever ask too much of God. Folks, imagine if somebody say, imagine if somebody is very wealthy and says, don't ever think that you will ever ask too much of me. Whatever you need. I'll really come by the gate. (laughs) Would you want to lose the sight of such a person? Even when you phone the voice, his own voice me, you are even praying for him and say, I wish he's not dead wherever he is. (laughs) Such access. Amen. Amen. I believe the scripture said, you have not, because you ask not. Folks, you have not, because you ask not. The greatest strategy I've realized, and I've said it many a times here, and somebody heard me very well. Sometimes you've got students in the same lecture room. And maybe you do a a business case study about Vodacom. And the moment the Vodacom comes there and we study, another one just says, you know, as soon as I'm done from here, I wish I could go and get a job and work for Vodacom. That is my dream job. In the same lecture room, another one says, as soon as I'm done here, I need to start a company and be a shareholder in Vodacom. But the pity, these two people are in the same class, being lectured by the same lecturer, but producing different results. People can be in the same chair. Folks, we are preaching until we are blue. We see results in other people's lives. We see crisis in other people's lives but they are in the same church. Until, until some just think that if this brother, Brother Lawrence is sitting here, he says, ah, you know, I'm in church, but God will bless Brother Andrew. 
as if he has come to church to accompany Brother Andrew. If God can do it for that brother, he can do it for this brother. But uh, this brother must go to that brother and check what makes, what attitude does he have for things to happen in the manner that they are happening. And if things are not right, you need to amend. If that brother never misses church, last night, this message has made us to have a privilege. I was chatting to a, a dollar billionaire last night. He's in the message. He's a brother in Nigeria. And he was saying, uh, I'll be in South Africa. I'll stop by some other time. But this man is a, recognized by Forbes, but does not miss church. Hey, does not. He's worth not 100,000, not 200,000, not 1 million. He's a billionaire in U.S. dollars. Well, some would say, ah, you know rich people, they must have made some crooked. Ah, straight. He refused to bribe a minister in Nigeria because of a business deal and lost it because he said, I'm a son of God. Oh, the spoken word that you are reading is the one that is giving money to voice of God recording to spread to the gospel. I'm simply saying, if you are sitting there and say, I know rich people, never serious with God. He never misses church. And God has blessed him abundant. Never misses convention. But you, Mzalwan, with your bicycle, you have excuses. So do you think God will upgrade you? Because if, if you really give us Five cents worth of excuse of not going to church. If God gives you a billionaire, you're going to give us a billion worth of excuses of not coming. And if you've got every excuse to be in church, God will give you every excuse to keep you in church. Uh, You get what I'm saying, folks? This thing that when you succeed, you succeed away from God, it must be broken. It's a myth. It is a, our father Abraham was very wealthy, but he walked before God. Job was rich, but he walked before God. It doesn't require whether you are poor or rich. It just requires a commitment of the heart to the almighty God. Amen. Amen. Uh, have you, I mean, I so is it Brother Fred? Are you the one that packed the text outside? Where is it? These things you should be making money. Let's be honest. It's packed outside because the brother wanted to be away. But some of you, if you get that text, we are not going to see you. Quantum. Oh, we are not going to see you. You will have taken a quantum leap from away from the church. Sometimes God really makes you lack because he doesn't trust you. I'm preaching here, folks. Yes, brother Mtab is a medical doctor. I mean, he can give us an every excuse and say, hey, Pastor, I'm not coming this time. I've got a, I'm doing operation. Next week, oh, no, Pastor, there's another one that has got migraine. I need to see. But he's always in church. 
but somebody who's busy with nothing, never to be found with a lame excuse. Your elders, brother brother Mpanyan, was doing two jobs, but they're always in church. Wednesdays, they are here. I've been with them for a number of years. Brother but if you see me here, he would have closed the phone. People are calling him to give him money, but he closed the phone and said, I'm in church. But young men, with nothing, they have got a lot of excuses. Because you are just lazy to wake up on Sunday. God will bless you according to your degree of responsibility. Amen. 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 Another one, God just blesses him at work. Or if they say overtime, he says, me. <laughs> Until everybody says, they make him and say, Ah, as Sunday, you know, he will work because he needs overtime. He's double paying Sunday. Ne? I'm saying, there are times where it will be needed. Hear me out. If a donkey has fallen into the dish, you need to rescue. There are times where you need to do it. But if it is just perennially, like a norm, then there is a problem. How many people have we lost because of overtime in the message? A lot. Brother Shimeza here was telling me, he says, Pastor, he and I, we are busy working on some projects. He says, God, I want God to give me a car. I said, why? He says, you know, Pastor, when you miss, when you miss one service, you feel like you have lost a momentum. It's difficult to regain the momentum in the next service. So I want to be Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. Then others, they can miss three weeks. I had to say that. Amen. Amen. Uh, this was in the line that the brother will check what God is doing for the brother and check what makes him to get that blessing from God. Then he needs to change and be like that brother. As much as Cain had to change and be like Abel. If you don't change, then you begin to be jealousy of the brother. It is not wrong to go to a brother or a sister and say, how do you make it? Your children are well behaved. How do you do it? Some is not because of business. They just have very diligent children. Amen. I had to speak as a pastor there. You'll bear with me. Don't never think you could ever ask too much of God. Yes. I believe the scripture said, You have not. Because you ask not. And you ask not. Because you believe not. Because you believe not. Amen. Even in the job environment, you just hear that somebody got a salary increase. And you wonder what happened. It's because they went to the mini, uh, manager's office and said, Manager, 
I'm here before everybody else. I leave after everybody has left. I deliver everything on time. Here, look at my work. I need a raise. Do you think you that arrives after everybody has arrived, that leaves before everybody leaves, that goes on lunch more than an hour, you will dare go to the manager's office and say, I need a raise. You even think that if I dare go there, you will fire me. The reason we don't ask sometimes is because we are not right with God. He wants us to ask and believe. He wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. What does it mean abundantly? Much. Don't ask scarcely. Ask abundantly. Amen. Uh, I'm going to go into an analogy of an employee. If they give people a raise uh, uh, at the end of the year, they give them letter of increment. The one that got... You know, there are others that they just look and say, 5%, yes. And the others, they look and say, 5%, no, I need to see him. Those that say, I need to see him, is because they have done something that they believe is worthwhile. Those that just say 5%, they know that ah, as long as we have sorted. A student who studies too much, when they get to their script and the script says 95%, you'll find him there by the teacher and say, but teacher, no, no, no. It's not 95 This answer, maybe you didn't understand the problem. But the one that really doesn't study, if he gets 40%, he'll be rejoicing and say, yes, yes. Mediocrity. It, say, it takes a certain degree of diligence and commitment to ask for more. Amen. Joshua, if he says, son, stand still, what gave him the boldness to say that? Amen. He knew that I've long, what gave, what gave Caleb the boldness to say, when we get there, the mountain is mine. Why doesn't he just say, as long as I got the piece of land, why is he requiring a prime spot? Because he knows that I've given much. Therefore, if I've given much, I need much to be given back. Message believers that have not sacrificed anything, they don't care whether God blesses them or not. But those that have sacrificed relationships, certain things, they say, God, you had much better bless me. Ask for big things. Ask for big things. Is it the prophet saying that? It's not me. At least someone says it's a prosperity gospel. Ask for big things. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Don't limit your faith to some little seed. Get on out here to some other kind of faith. And move out in big things. Big things is just as easy to receive as little things. Brother, stand up. 
You can sit down. What made the brother to believe that you will stand up? Why, when I said stand up, he didn't say, hey, 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 are you? Stand up. Did you think about it? He just followed and stood up. And when I said sit down, he didn't say, will they, will they chair carry me? After church, you are going back to your house. Who told you that you are going back? Brother Branham say, that faith, if it gets high nest, if it can do such small things, if the brother was in the wheelchair and I said, stand up, the first thing we're going to think about, the doctor, the medical report, then he will sit down. Did you get it? Your problem is in here. Your pattern is in here. I'm saying that big things are just as little as to receive as little things. Somebody has got a flu. You know that there are people that died of flu. We buried them. But you know that you undermine flu. When they say you've got flu, just say, ah, tomorrow will be fine. Med lemon, I'm sorted. But they say cancer. You even go and really bury yourself under the blanket. Send everybody else, I think I'm dying. Why the same faith that you've got that God can heal you of influenza? Why don't you believe that God can heal you of that cancer? Because he can do big things as much as he can do little things. You just have to believe. Let's read it. You just have to believe. That's all. And you've got faith. Just know exactly how to use it. You can have, some don't have faith. Some have faith, but they don't know how to use it. And I've, I've seen others using it against themselves. Me, I'm going to die young. You're going to die young. In this family, we are all divorced. I'm in this marriage. It's a matter of season. I'm going to be divorced. And as soon as there is a little bit quarrel between the partners, the one that believes so goes into the corner. I knew it. And when it happens, he says, you see, I knew it. Who believed it that it's going to be that way? You architected that mess. You can put it right to work and it will just be fine. I see brothers these days, everybody is going for work out. It looks like war is coming. Now, a man that has muscles, that has muscles, he wants to show off the muscles. A strong man wants to show the muscles. So that means if they say something needs to be picked up, he's the first one to go there. And if somebody says, I need to assist him, he says, don't assist me. Especially when women are around. <laughs> Just put it on your shoulders, walk. 
If it's one cement, if, if we come with one cement, he comes with three cement. Just to, to prove. Why? It's because he knows. For my muscles to be developed, they've got to be utilized. The more I utilize my muscles, the better my muscles get developed. And the more my muscles get developed, the better strength I have. The better strength I have, the better I can carry difficult things. Now, faith has muscles. If you don't work it out, if you don't work out the muscles, what happens? The strength. Amen. Could you imagine talking about exhausting God's love? And power and beneficiaries for you. Could you imagine a little bitty fish about that long? Way out here in the middle of the ocean. Say now, wait a minute. I better consider this thing. I better drink of this water sparingly. Because I might run out of someday. A little fish about that big in the middle of the ocean out there. Well, that could easily be done. More easier that you could ask, you could ask too much of God. He is the inexhaustible fountain of life. Whatever, whatever you have need of, ask him. And believe it. He provided it in the redemptive blessings when he died at Calvary. And gave a promise to you for everything you have need of while you are in the journey. And it's yours. If you will ask and believe it. That's right. The last one then I release you. In the message, God's provided way of healing. He preached this on the 19th of July. This is my last quotation. Thereafter, I will release you. God's provided way of healing. Paragraph 29. Preached this 19th of July, 1954. 29. Now, when you receive the inspiration that Jesus Christ died for your sickness, is that very hour that your healing has come? That's right. When you receive from heaven that Jesus died for your sins, 
And you have accepted it. You don't need any prayer for you then. You have already accepted it. It's settled. Now we can preach the weight. Explain the weight. But you have to receive the weight. Oh, hallelujah. That's what sets it afire, brother. When you receive it, the revelation Something slips out of the unseen world yonder. Come, all of us. Come, comes rolling down through a mystical channel somewhere into your soul. That says, now I see it. Your eyes brighten. Your lips that hang down straighten up and smile. Every muscle in your body seems to rejoice. Something is going to happen. You don't need to be in the prayer line then. You've got it then. If everybody in this building at this time, folks, if everybody in the building at this time, We'll get in that kind of an attitude. Every person will be perfectly healed. Now, how do you get the people that way? Some can receive it. Some cannot receive it. But those who can receive it, they look at it and accept it and believe it. Others maybe in another meeting. He just simply saying in the meeting, some get it, some don't get it. As he once said to Mister, uh, who is that gentleman? He says, "Say you have missed it," and says, "Sister, you have received it." Mister Anderson says, "Mister Anderson, it is now on you." Oh, you have missed it. Now the sister got it. Sister, you are healed. Same blessing that Mister Anderson missed. Somebody got it. The same blessing that you can miss, somebody will get it. But in conclusion, have faith in God. God bless you, Rishi. As we stand up to our feet, be still and know that I'm gone, Sister Dipati. If you can lead us in that song, and then we are just going to pray.
such a wonderful message. Yes. We've heard you, Father, this morning speaking unto us, Father. It's like the prophet spoke the other time saying, if there was a time where he could have lived, if he had an opportunity to, when he was born, to be able to tell God where he would want to live and in which age he wanted to live, he would have chosen this age. Exactly. Yes. And the reason, Father, that he would have chosen this age is because this is when the time when the seventh seal the third pool has been fulfilled. Yes. This is a time when the third pool ministry has been preached, exactly. where power has been given to men. It's like the word the prophet says for that he hasn't come here to make us a church domination, mm. but he wanted us to be powerhouse of God. Exactly. Whereby the very power, each and every power that God has has been broken, has come down and has been given unto men. That is why even the word tells us for that. The, we are just uh, gods. We are like gods. Mm. Because each and everything, Father, that you, you've said, Father, each and every part of your word mm. that you have said, each and every promise, Father, that you've promised our Father, it has come, Father, and has been fulfilled in us. That is why even Brother Bram says that when Sister Head said, that's, that says it, Father, that she could ask for each and everything that she, exactly. she, she could have think of. And because of the very power that has been granted to him, he, Brother Branham, could provide it unto him. That is why this morning, Father, we come this morning, Father. We believe, Father, that we are the very evidence, Father, the very manifestation of your word, Father. Yes. That each and every time, Father, when his people can come asking for us, Father, we as your bride, we as the word bride, Father, we have that authority, Father, because we are the word. You, you are the word. We are part of the word, Father. We could say the same thing, Father, that you've said, Father. That if the mountains could be moved, that if whatever my brother, my sister has need of, Father, could be provided unto him. Exactly. And even Brother Bram goes on to say, Father, that for us, Father, to be able to go into heaven, Father, for when he was go, he gone through the curtain of time, he said, Father, the very thing, Father, that will take us through that curtain of time, it is only the one thing, Father, exactly. perfect love. Thank that is why, Father, this morning we've preached about love, Father, that we should have love in us, Father, because love is the very basis, the very yes. foundation of the very faith that we need, Father, yes. to be able, Father, to reach the very standard that we have, Father. Because, Father, we know that this very age that we are living in, Father, people might look at it as a horrible age, but to the bride, Father, it is a wonderful age. It's the kind of age, Father, whereby the fulfillment of your word, whereby the very essence of your word, Father, come is fulfilled, Father. Whereby, Father, we could become, Father, and ask for each and everything, Father, and they will be provided unto us, Father. Because we are at the niche of time, Father. We are at the pinnacle of time. Whereby, Father, the word has become a squeeze, Father. But the, the, word, the, 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 the prophet tells us, Father, it is that very time when the 
people, Father, when there is a squeeze, Father, that is when the third pull, Father, will come effect. That's when the power of the third pull, Father, will come and be fulfilled, Father. We'd like to thank you, Father, for the way you've, yes. pro- you've spoken to us, Father. May you please come, Father, and br- bring your word into us, Father, because that mm. word, when it comes into us, it is the very exercise, Father, that we need to have faith to be able to believe that whatever, Father, we need, whatever, Father, we're going to say, whether it's healing, whether it is financial, material, material, Father, when we need it, Father, when we believe it in our hearts, Father, we're going to have it. That is why, Father, we've read a quotation that, Father, that's, let's ask for big things, just as much as we're going to ask for small things, Father, Mm. because the very small things that you you provided for us, Father, is the the same as the very big things that we're going to provide for us, Father. May you please come, Father, as we go out there, Father. Because here, Father, we've come into our service, Father. To be saved, Father, to be exercised, Father. May we please, when we leave here, Father, be the one, Father, who's going to go out out of out with us, Father, so that the very day, Father, that we're going to be able to meet him, Father. We're going to be able to meet him with the very same faith, Father, that you've shown here, Father. So that we will be the fulfillment of your word, Father, when we go out here, Father. May you please bless each and every person who has come this morning, Father. Even those who have not been able to come this morning, Father. May you please bless them, Father. As the pastor has provided the word this morning, Father, yes. may you please bless him abundantly, Father. Because we Father. know that for when he came here, virtue has left him, Father. Mm. May you please bring that virtue again, Father, so that when he's in his study, studying, Father, he may be able, Father, to come and eat these golden nuggets for us, Father. So that when we leave here, Father, we will know, Father, that we, we came here empty, but we came here full. With the word, Father, filled, Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit, Father. Uh, We pray, Father, and commit this service in your name. And we would like to thank you this morning for having spoken to us this way, Father. We we pray, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Just give us a jubilant song till we see you on Wednesday. God bless you richly. Sorry to keep you much longer. Amen. There are times where I keep you very little, ne? Amen. So I think I've got a bit of surplus, but bear with me. God bless you richly. Amen.